0: You're listening to the Broncos Audio Zone.
1: You're in the Broncos Audio Zone. I'm Andrew Mason, and thanks for joining me. Let's start with left tackle Garrett Bowles, who is playing perhaps the best football of his NFL career and has helped the offensive line find its form the last two weeks despite a cascade of injuries to the interior line. Ryan Edwards, Steve Atwater, and I talked with him in the locker room on Wednesday. Uh, chatting with Garrett Bowles. Boy, the offensive line really seems to be uh, gelling at another level over
2: the last couple of weeks. How do you feel about the performance so far?
3: Uh, I feel great, man. You know, our line, we're a really close group. Not many people know about that, that we're just a close group, that we're always hanging out with each other, and that's just how it is. It's the next man up mentality, and every day we're just working hard to accomplish something special, and, uh, you know, we feel it. We all feel it in this room, uh, but it definitely starts with us to get the offense going, and I feel like we're clicking, and uh, good things are happening.
1: How much has that closeness helped the communication get up to speed really quickly with new guys, including Billy Turner next to you at left guard?
3: I mean, if you look at the odds, you know, starting four tackles is something that most teams probably can't get the job done or a lot of things that causes a lot of issues. But, you know, the closeness just shows that we can. doesn't matter who starts next to me or who starts next to Connor or who starts next to Jared, we can get the job done. Um, and that's just because we trust each other and we believe in each other. And we believe that, you know, it doesn't matter who's in front of us or who's beside of us that, you know, we're going to move as one unit and we're going to uh, continue to move the ball and, you know, make sure that number four back there is safe.
4: Yeah, I know going in, into the Chargers game and then again the Steelers game, you know, I was a little bit concerned because we had, you know, some guys who hadn't been starting and then kind of McGovern was playing out, of almost you know, out of position, but, you know, he's normally a guard and playing center. Uh What kind of confidence does it give you to know that you guys can can you know put it together and you know play their full game uh very few penalties and you know protect the quarterback and run the ball
3: i mean we trust each other. Like I said before, you know, it's it's really just a family atmosphere in our room. You know, we we truly do love each other. And I think that love really shows on the field, knowing that, you know, you, you're my brother. I have your back. I'll have your left and your right. And, you know, it doesn't matter who's running through or what games are happening. We're going to pick each other up because we know exactly where we're, we're going to be on, you know, each play. But it really starts with Coach Coogs and Coach Strauss. You know, the confidence that they build in us every single week, the things that we drill and practice every single week to get us ready for the game is really has is paid off. You know, all the effort and time that they put in through the offseason to now has really paid off. And uh, as long as we trust them and trust ourselves, uh, you know, the sky's the limit for us.
2: On penalties, for just a moment, uh, the, the 23 offensive holding penalties over the course of the season, but you guys have really dialed that back over the last few weeks. What's changed?
3: Technique, man, that's just really what it is, is that we drill technique day in and day out. If we're up on the board or we're watching film, we're, we're drilling technique. If we're on the field, we're drilling technique. Before the games, we're drilling technique. You know, in the locker room, we're drilling technique. So it's really all about technique and, and hand placement and eye and, and the way we move our feet. You know, we do so much little drills during practice to really, you know, identify the technique and, you know, really drill the technique. So if we're doing those and trusting our coaches and trusting ourselves with our hands and our feet, um, you know, it, it, we're pretty hard to beat.
1: For you personally, the technique, have you felt it improving over the course of the year? And how do you feel you are now in terms of technique?
3: I going not feel good. You know, I feel like I'm in a nice little smooth little rhythm, you know, just continue to, you know, to use both of my hands in the punch game and, you know, just coming off the ball and, you know, not being too wide with my hands and really just staying tight feet. You know, you have tight feet, you know, your hands are going to shoot tight and you're going to hit, you know, the targets on the guy. So... As long as I'm doing those things, you know, sky's the limit for me also. But I feel comfortable. I feel confident, you know, that, you know, I have Coach Strauss there on the sidelines, you know, tweaking little things in there and just getting me ready for the game. And then during the game, he's making sure I stay confident and stay calm and and just drilling the little things. During timeout, I'm running over there and he's telling me, you know, hey, do this, do that. So uh, it's really just believing each other and we're just one unit that's just trying to, you know, to be the best we can be.
4: Yeah, when the last two games, uh, you know, playing well all season long against good football teams, uh, is it difficult to, you know, keep focused on just the next team ahead or, you know, is it is it, is it, is it easy? I know it's, it could be easy to kind of look on down the line and say, oh, man, we we got one of these two games, man. What, what can the future be if we keep doing this?
3: Uh, I mean, for sure, you know, it, any – any profession at their position, you know, you always just want to be the best you can be, and you know, winning solves a lot of issues that everybody says in the league. You know, you out, you know, you you've been in the league before too, so you understand what it means to win, and you understand what it means to lose. So, you know, it's it's not fun losing in this league because it's your job, and you know, everybody has a job, and you you know, you're out here providing for your family. But when you're winning, it, it solves a lot of issues. And but we just really got to keep a mindset of it. we're just humble and hungry and ready to work and and ready to go out there to show people. You know, it doesn't matter how you start. It really matters how you finish. And I feel like the coach has done a phenomenal job of, you know, getting us up to pace and finish, having us finish. You know, we have one of the toughest schedules in the NFL the last couple weeks, and we lost a lot of close games, and we won some close games the last couple of weeks. So, really, it's just the mindset of knowing that we can do this. And uh, it's just the time when it's we got to put the big boy pants on and buckle up and strap our helmet up and know it's time to roll, and that's how I feel right now.
2: Last question for me. Appreciate it. Garrett Bowles joining us here. Now Shelby Harris came up with the interception, great, but I saw the offense on the sideline, side you guys looked ready to go. You guys have been in this moment multiple times this year, coming into the fourth quarter, two-minute drive. What gives you guys so much confidence as an offensive unit to know, hey, we got two minutes, we got plenty of time, our pulse keeps low, and we're going to go out there and win this one?
3: I mean, Coach Musgrave puts us up you know, in great situations during practice. You know, He throws everything that he can imagine what's going to happen in a two-minute situation you know it's sort of like hell out there you know everything's flying around and you got to take a deep breath and you know cases screaming in the play and we're all looking at each other but it's really just believing in each other you know it's just another day of practice out there is what i feel like the last couple of games you know we've been in two minutes so many times to kick a game winning field goal and you know there's been games that we came up short and there's been games that we you know we've nailed it but you know manchester does a great job you know he has a big leg on him that can doesn't matter, we're at the you know, forty or fifty, he's drilling it through the uprights, you know, that's how he is at practice. So we have full confidence in him, but it's really up to us just to get it down there and get in field goal range. And uh, you know, we want to score and we want to do those things, but at the same time we'll take a field goal too. So um, coaches do a phenomenal job of putting us in those situations in practice again. And you know, without those situations, I don't think we'll be as prepared as we are. And uh, I feel like we're pretty prepared, you know, day in and day out
1: got a couple of good pass rushers up front geno atkins carlos dunlap both with seven sacks what do you see from them on film
3: i mean i played them last year you know being a rookie so you know they're great pass rushers you know they put a lot of money into those you know four up front guys you know they're big and long and probably one of the longest defensive ends in the league to be honest you know at six sevens something odd pounds and you know they're really good they like to spike inside they like to bull rush you really just got to be prepared and doesn't matter what you have and just go out there with the same mindset to punch them in the mouth. You know, you look what Cleveland did to them last week. You know, we can do the very same thing as long as we take care of business.
1: On to the defensive side and the late game hero of last Sunday's win, defensive lineman Shelby Harris. He joined Justin Adams and Brandon Cristal from the locker room Wednesday.
2: Shelby Harris, everybody. How you doing, brother?
1: I'm good, man. How
5: you doing?
2: Doing very well. First of all, how was your week? I know that you had that football, and I saw pictures that you put the uh, the interception that you had. You put the football right by your daughter. Uh, how, what does this week mean to you uh, as you look back at it?
5: Um, this week has just been uh, unbelievable. You know, I'm just truly blessed. Uh, all the things that I've got, uh, all the things that have happened to me this week, uh, especially the, you know that interception. It could have been anyone. And just, uh, I just felt like it was a blessing. It was me and like everything that's going on with my daughter being born. And just, it was just meant to be. But um, yeah, it's just been a whirlwind. I finally caught up on a little bit of sleep, so I'm good now. But uh, it's just been, it's been unbelievable.
0: Well, a couple of years ago, because I heard you say this after the game, a couple of years ago, after your son was born, you had a, a big play in that game as well. T- tell us about that, and then I'll share my idea that your wife may not be that into
5: um well after uh well i got the game ball actually after um uh, when i was with the raiders um and we were playing the chargers after my son was born and i missed uh, a day and a half of practice uh, of just work and everything came back and had a real good game and so it was just uh i don't know maybe i should have more kids every week or well and months. that was going to be <laughs> my
0: suggestion i mean your wife i know is still just dealing with uh, all the after effects of having a baby on Friday. You know, I've got a three-month-old at home, so uh, I'm not in that much of a hurry to talk about more kids. But uh, if you could time it out right and just kind of back up from the playoffs to nine months from next year, maybe you can talk your wife into it so you can have another kid uh, right around playoff Super Bowl time a year from now, and you could end up being a Super Bowl MVP potentially. So just throwing that out there. More kids, yeah, you the throw, better. Yeah. Throw, that,
5: yeah, throw that idea to my wife. In there. <laughs> yeah, sure. So I think she's enjoying not being <laughs> pregnant for two days. Yeah, let her let her <laughs> enjoy those
0: couple days. Let, let me ask you this though, because you talked about uh, the well, Justin mentioned the game sealing interception. There's two sides to it, and you kind of even copped to, uh, a little bit of it in your post game that maybe you weren't supposed to be there. Big Ben right. is saying Marquise Pouncey blocked you all the way back there was it that or were you playing possum a little bit and you let him push you back because you saw the run pass uh situation develop in front of you and that big ben was pulling the ball back out how how did it happen in your mind
5: man one i think it's kind of corny how big ben is over here saying all that trash uh this cop up and just admit you made a mistake everyone makes them like you don't have to make them, you don't have to make an excuse after every uh interception but um no if you watch the play I went in, like I, I did what I like. I went in into the gap, and then when he pulled it, I kind of pushed off of Pouncey and, and made the play. And so that's what's kind of, it's kind of just like you just trying to make it seem like it was just some fluke. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't the necessarily the most planned play in the world, but you know, players make plays, and that's what happened.
0: Well, and, and there's some thought out there that if Pouncey was blocking you that far down and y'all are still engaged, that the NFL may have to take a look at the rules with the influx of run-pass option plays because you're going to have illegal men downfield, and not saying that that was what Pouncey was doing in as much as, okay, he's going to keep trying to block you, especially further, uh, you know, if you're further away from the goal line, that'll play into the defense's, defense's favor, and the league may have to look at how they address that.
5: See, and this isn't just talking about the whole RPO thing in the first place. Um, yeah, I definitely think the league has to look into offensive linemen being downfield because it's a lot of times, you know, you play the Chiefs, you play the Rams, you play any team like that. They pull the ball and you got an offensive lineman 10 yards downfield trying to block a linebacker or something like that. And you can't, how's that, how's that fair on, on a pass play when he pulls it and passes it and then they go for 80, you know? But, um, no, I was not getting blocked back five yards. And that's what's crazy. And that's what I think is crazy. It's just that, um, you know, you... You look look for any way to try to like delegitimize what happened and say, oh, well, he was getting blocked. But it was just a play. It happens. All, good plays happen all the time off of random, random, random acts. You know, so you know, just I'm just happy and blessed about everything that happened. And you know, they can think what they want to think. That's all. They're entitled to that. But we know what happened.
2: We're speaking with Broncos defensive lineman Shelby Harris, a man with the best hands in the business. At least that's what he said
5: <laughs> at the press conference. I'm happy you realized that, too. I'm like, <laughs> thank you. Because I've been telling people this since last year. I have the best hands on the team and probably in the league. I'm here for you. That's why. I'm here for you. Thank you. Man, uh, I appreciate that, that, man. Thank you. With that being you said, I want see Justin Simmons right now looking at me right. Right now, like I'm just talking crazy. Because you got the <laughs> Best that. hands on the team. <laughs>
2: I want to finish with this question here, though, Shelby, before we let you go. Um, Obviously, this week is my cause, my cleats, and um, a lot of guys have had some special cleats that were made. You had cleats that were made um, for breast cancer research, and your reasoning was because your great aunt passed away from breast cancer. When you look at your cleats um, that you wear on Sunday, why is it so important for you to be able to have your cause talking about breast cancer?
5: Um, Well, because really that's – Breast cancer really is the only thing that's really affected my family, um, and so just to be able to bring the conversation up again about breast cancer is big. But then also, I think a big thing is to try to. I want I want my my aunt Freddie, the, my aunt that died from breast cancer. I want her name to be out there again. I want like it's just I want her to be remembered for, for being a, for battling through this through, through this disease and and tr- trying to fight it as long as she could. Because those are the people that you really need to, this is really all about, the people that were fighting and didn't exactly get to make it. And so it's just nice to be able to bring light to to an organization, foundations that are fighting these deadly diseases and, and causes.
2: Love that. What does it mean to honor your grandmother?
5: Well, it's my great it aunt. It's my great aunt. I mean, she was
2: your great aunt. Yeah. What does it mean? No, to but honor um, your it's,
5: it's like she was. A, she was a big staple in our family, you know. And our family went. Through, it went through a lot when she died, and it just means a lot. And just to have her name on the cleats, you know, it's like, just like when that, my my daughter Evelyn was born, it's just like having a little guardian angel with you the whole time.
1: Obviously, it's a big week for many players using their footwear to bring attention to causes that are near to their hearts. Elsewhere on the D, safety Justin Simmons will use his cleats to promote Fuel Up to Play 60, which encourages kids to be active and play for an hour every day. He chatted with Mark Stout and Ray Crockett late Wednesday afternoon after the Broncos
6: wrapped up their work for the day. Let's go to the hotline. We're not going to keep Justin Simmons waiting as we uh, say hello to the Broncos' safety here with Crockett and Stout. Justin, how are you, man? Good to hear from you again. Hey, I'm doing well. Thank you guys for having me.
7: Justin, how's it going, man? Welcome back to the crib, and and I'm glad to have you in on a back-to-back win performance because before, you know, it hadn't been such pleasant times. So how do you feel about that, and and how do you feel about where we're headed?
8: Uh, I mean, I feel great. Um, You know, at the exception of, you know, the early Jets game, um, every game has been one or two, you know, plays away, um, one possession away. So, we're finally reaping the benefits of making those one or two plays these past two weeks, and our mentality's just been one and zero. So we got to keep this thing going, man. Um, you know, one and zero, in the and the meeting rooms, one and in the practice field, and you know, come time Sunday, we need to be one and zero, leaving um, the Bengals stadium.
7: And you know, Justin, here's something that I that I really want to bring to to everybody's attention, especially Broncos country. Is you mentioned one or two plays, and and you're one. Guy who's played a hundred percent of the snaps on defense so far—that's incredible, man. And it shows to you getting yourself prepared, game in, week in, week out, play in, play out. And, and how do you feel about that? And and tell me this: Does that help or hinder your yourself in your process of getting to where you want to be as a safety?
8: No, I definitely. I definitely think it helps. Um, you know, that's more plays out there to uh, be able to make. Um, Obviously, you know, the more plays that you're out there, the more plays that are available to make. Uh, You know, with that being said, I think it puts me in great position and um, in terms of my conditioning as well, you know, just having to be able to push myself in practice. um, And obviously playing in this elevation helps because you go elsewhere and you're able to, you know, to thrive in um, different places. So um, I think it helps big time. Um, I didn't even know that stat, if I'm I'm being completely honest. I think someone brought it up a couple of times, but – um I just do whatever, you know, the coaching staff and the guys around me ask me to do, man, you know, whatever it takes to make sure that we get that we keep getting these wins and keep this thing rolling and um, you know, push our chances into the into the postseason.
7: And See, here's my thing with it, Justin, is because I've been in your position of having to play in multiple personnel groupings and playing different positions. You're playing strong safety at times. You're playing free safety at times. You're playing nickelback at times. Hell, actually, you're actually playing corner at times as well because you're lined up outside, whether it be zone or man. How difficult is that from an IQ standpoint? Because let's face it, there's been some times where, you know, you have to think a lot more than other players. How difficult is is that for you week to week
8: oh it's tough it's tough you know uh, there's no there's no getting around that but um you know that's what's being asked of me and that's what i'm getting paid to do so i got to find a way to to do my job at a at a high level um and it helps you know it helps having guys like chris you know one of the top corners um you know top nickels in the game um you know it helps having guys like Stu. you know veterans around me where they make my job just a little bit easier um so, you know, with that being said, everyone has a has a tough, you know, tough job to do out there on the field. And even though mine is playing different hats, you know, different personnels, whatever, you know, the offensive guys are throwing at us, um, that's what's being
6: asked to me. So I gotta be able
8: to execute it at a high level.
6: Justin Simmons is our guest here on Orange and Blue 760. So Justin, we're talking about defensive snaps. Everybody knows you play special teams, especially after last week when you blocked that field goal. Take us through that and how is that is that play and that rush is that called before that kick how do, how does that all work out you know from the sidelines onto the field
8: Yeah it it's called it's called uh you know it, you know once again it's just something that we um you know we saw watching the watching the tape watching the film um and we felt like we could get advantage of when we needed it and um if you had asked me before the game if that was going to be the first the you know their first possession on field goal if that was what we were going to call I probably would have said no had no idea um we were going to call it that early but um you know when your number is called you got to be ready to execute and um, not only myself but it was just well executed um all around the board you know Todd um keeping the uh keeping the um long snapper down um you know on my left and um Shelby keeping the um you know that guard down on my right and you know, making that gap just easier to clear over. Um, but it's something that, you know, you you work on all week long. You rep and you rep and you rep. So when you get into the game, um, you know, it's just just like going over, you know, your perfect reps that you've been hitting in practice. We're here with uh, Justin Simmons from the Denver Broncos. They're great safety. VJ, on Monday said you guys kind of found a loophole. Now, could you explain to Broncos country exactly what the loophole was? Because he says there's people athletically that can pull off exactly what you did so can you kind of explain what that loophole was and some of the kind of the rules because there's a, there were rules put in place because of the Saints game a few years ago because of what you did but talk about that right well I, you know I think um you know I think the loophole in the rule book is you're, you're not allowed to get a running start. So, you know, I obviously can't use momentum um, pre-snap to be able to clear the line and to be able to block the kick. So as long as I'm considered a part of the line of scrimmage, which is why um, I was in a two-point stance, literally, you know, um, inches away from, uh, from the line of scrimmage, you know, giving myself enough time. So when the ball was snapped, I could just take one step forward, hop over the line, and then be able to block the kick. But the misconception is you're not allowed to touch anyone when you're jumping over the line, um, as long as I'm not using an offensive lineman or the long snapper as leverage, as long as my hands aren't propelling myself upwards and forwards um, is if, if I touch any part of them going over, that's okay. Um, I just can't use them as um, leverage in terms of making my jump over the line. And I can't have momentum jumping over the line, tree snap. So as long as I'm stationary and I can clear the line, um, and land on my feet, and obviously just to be able to block the kick, then it's it's good to go.
7: So, Justin, you're being a little modest right now. The loophole he was talking about <laughs> is your 40-inch vertical. That's the loophole they found. <laughs> hey, I, I uh, like that you're I mean, being modest, but not many people have a 42-inch vertical. Yeah, right, right. Uh, that's, I mean, that's definitely part of it. Um, but, but like I said, man,
8: uh, you know, Shelby and Todd, um, you know they're part of they're part of that uh you know part of that call as well and um it was well executed all around the board but i mean yeah there's
7: no there's no front in that either you you definitely need you know the ability to be able to jump over the line to get that done so, another thing that VJ said, and we really want to talk about this because I know Bronco Country has asked a number of times via tweet, text, or whatever, is about the big plays that we're giving up on defense. Talk a little bit about that because VJ said that we cannot have big plays going forward like we've been giving up in the past. How do we stop that one? And what do you think about VJ saying that in general? Oh, I mean,
8: he's absolutely right. Um, You know, both weeks have resulted in a win, right? So there's no – obviously, you know, you're going to take a win no matter what it looks like. But um, in that win, once again, you know, what we went back to earlier is we're one or two plays away, um, you know, five other games, you know, in our loss column of being on the win side. and So the same thing happens when you win. You know, you're one or two plays away that you made, um, where if you didn't make them, who knows where you would have ended up at the end of that game. So with that being said – I think defensively we did a great job obviously with turnovers and um you know limiting the Steelers offense to uh field goals at times when they got down there um but the uh the bad side of that was you know the yards you know with um Roethlisberger throwing over you know for five hundred yards um there was that ninety seven you know yard touchdown um you know we can be a lot cleaner defensively um obviously, and with that being said. Um, those are the things that we're going to have to clean in order to make sure that um, we're playing our best ball moving forward in the season. Um, You know, we got five games left and, um, you know, obviously our our big picture focus is one game at a time. But if we're talking about pushing our, um, you know, pushing our chances to a wild card in the postseason, um, you know, you can't be giving up that many yards and expecting to just bank on turnovers and, being in a position to win the game at the end of the game. You know, you got to be able to take over a game defensively. And those are the things that we understand. Um, We're proud of the way we played and we battled at home. I'm proud of the way we, you know, we executed on turnovers. And then when we did execute, it was scary. But those big play yards um, need to be erased and and need to be um, fixed, and they will be.
6: Hey, Justin, we're going to do our hump day scouting report, our Wednesday scouting report coming up. But since we have – you on the phone, I'd like to ask you for at least a thumbnail sketch of Jeff Driscoll, the QB, that Cincinnati's going to play with Andy Dalton out. I don't know how much you've looked at him yet, but can you give us a few words on Jeff Driscoll since Broncos country is probably not uh, very familiar with him?
8: Oh, yeah. Driscoll's, uh Driscoll's a really good quarterback, man. He's, he's very capable. Um, you know, the mindset for us going in there is not, oh, Dalton's out, you know, um, you know, we're we're ready to, to lick our chops with their backup. Um, you know, we're we're ready to lick our chops, but not because he's a backup, just because uh we want to keep this momentum going of of our wins and we wanna be able to keep propelling ourselves into the postseason. Um he's a very capable quarterback. I mean he um he's you know, he's fast. Um, you know, he does a lot of things well in terms of, you know, reading the coverages and taking what the defense gives him. Um, you know, he's hitting open receivers. And if you watch the end of that Cleveland game after Dalton got hurt, um, I mean, he was, you know, regardless of what you want to say in terms of being a two-minute offense, and you know, they were down a lot. Um, he was moving the ball really well, um, you know, against their defense, and 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 you know, having a lot of good things happen on that film. And so, uh, we got to be ready for for the offensive package that he brings, and um, he's played throughout the season. You know, it's not he, they've had some packages for him, and. Um, you know, I know they like him over there in Cincinnati, so we we got to be ready and we got to be able to give him different looks and make him feel as uncomfortable as possible while he's back there.
7: Well, well, you mentioned in Driscoll There's another guy, of course, that's stepping up, and we're talking to Justin Simmons here to start in free safety. The guy has played 100% of the snaps, Orange and Blue Broncos country, by the way. A.J. Green has, has said that he's going to play this game, and he's made, there's a quote out there that's saying he doesn't need timing with Driscoll. All he needs is Driscoll to put the ball in the area, and he'll make a play. What do you think about that, and what does that his presence change when you guys are preparing to get ready for Cincinnati?
8: Yeah, obviously, um, you know, Green is always, um, you know, top five receivers in, in the NFL and a guy that always sees double coverage and – you know, finds, way, finds ways to still make plays for his team. Um, but they haven't seen, you know, a, a defense in terms of, of our defense, um, you know, coming into this Sunday. And um, obviously we played them last year. And, um, and you know, obviously that was a tough one at, at home where, where we lost. But um, in terms of this season, um, you know, no one has a, has a pass for us in a front seven like ours. And like I said, man, when we're executing and doing things right, and fast um, you know we're, we're we're pretty scary to to deal with and with that being said I always am confident in what we do you know we have the best um, we have the best corners we always have um, going into games we always have the best schemes and I'm always confident in our game plan and so um, obviously he's going to be confident in what he does but I'm more confident in what we do and um, I'm excited you know for Sunday I, I really obviously he said he's going to play I hope he does play because um, it's going to be a good one man and I, I'm looking forward to a dog fight
7: well, before we let you go, there's two last things I want to get at. One is is I just mentioned AJ's quote. You also had a quote out there telling everybody that Shelby Harris has the softest hands on the team. What do you think about that, and where did that come from?
8: Man, I I didn't even know. So I just saw him. You know, um, he was in his locker. We're we're locker mates, and I was you know coming back. Um, coming back in from practice, and I saw him on there. And I was minding my own business, but I overheard him saying he has the best hands on the team. And that, you know, I, I'm a guy that sticks to sticks, sticks to myself a lot of times. When I heard that, I had to give him a look because that is absurd. Uh, not that Shelby doesn't have <laughs> great hands, but the best hands on the team. I was like, ho oh, oh, hold on now, you the, oh, Hold on. So I had that's that's why I had to address that earlier. I didn't know if he was on with you guys or, or what it was, but. I heard him say that talking on the radio over something, and I was like, hold on now, Shelby. you get, you getting a little out of hand now. That was a great play, but
6: hold on. <laughs> All right, I, we have the clip. He was on with uh, with Justin and BK on our station. Let's play this just so you hear it again. Go ahead, Anthony.
5: <laughs> because I've been telling people this since last year, I have the best hands on the team and probably in the league.
6: <laughs> <laughs> you say oh, absurd, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah. love
8: it. I love it, man. I love the confidence. Um but you know hey he's just had his you know just had his baby girl and i yeah. mean he does have the credibility to back it up with that
7: interception on the goal line which was which was pretty sweet but nah, nah it's no it's not true it's not <laughs> true <laughs> okay well last thing man and, and we really appreciate your time and, and thanks for coming on Something that's really sweet and I think that's really cool that you guys get to do that I didn't get to do, and I'm a little bit jealous about it, my calls, my cleats. Man, your cleats are sweet. And you gotta, first and foremost, I'm going to tell you before you finish, you got to give me a pair of those, man. I need to auction those off for my charity. <laughs> now tell us, a bit, tell us about your calls and your cleats because they're really sweet cleats.
8: Yeah, um, I mean, first of all, yeah, my calls, my cleats are pretty sweet. You know, if I, if I wasn't able to do that, Um, You know, when I played, I'd I'd probably, I'd be a little jealous too, but um, my cleat, you know, my cause is fuel up to play 60. Um, You know, obviously it's self-explanatory, self-explanatory, but just encouraging, you know, the youth around the, uh, you know, all around the, all around the country in terms of being active. You know, we're, we're in times now where everything, you know, electronic and digital and you know video games and all this and all that but no one really there's not a really big emphasis on focusing on your physical health and how good that can be for you both physically and mentally and so drill up to play 60 is a uh is a is a wonderful cause and i'm happy and i'm happy and um, humbled to be a part of and um my cleats are super my cleats are super cool as well because um every year there's um there's there's a bunch of kids around the denver Denver area where they um they draw up different designs for cleats and i I have the unfortunate um decision of trying to pick one out of you know hundreds and hundreds of different pictures but um it's pretty cool because those cleats I didn't design a, a kid um you know there are kids that design them, and it's cool to see you know a kid have a design pair of cleats on a professional um athlete you know playing in a game, so that's pretty cool. <clears throat>
6: How early does that process happen, Justin? Like, how many months ago or weeks?
8: Oh, yeah, it happens pretty early. Um, you know, I think, yeah, yeah. I think the design for the cleat happened, I want to say, like, um, I want to say, like, week four or five is, is when they, like, started designing the cleats. And then, you know, I come in, like, maybe, like, a, maybe like a couple days later, a week later, and I have to finalize, like, what I want to do, and then we get that picture to um, – you know, to our guy that does the does the cleat design and he just, you know, draws it up for him. So it's it's a pretty cool deal, though, because, um, you know, obviously, like I like I talked about earlier, you know, the kids are the ones that get to do it. And it's pretty cool.
7: Yeah. Well, speaking of the kids before you go, how's the baby girl and how's the life at home?
8: Oh, I appreciate appreciate you for asking, man. She's great. She's great. She's uh, she's six months now. Um, You know, she's starting to she's starting to you know, be a little bit more um interactive in terms of, you know, she's laughing when things are funny and she's a little moody when she doesn't have her way. Um but it it's cool man. She's I can see her personality growing every day and it's um it's it's unbelievable.
7: Oh man, that's perfect man. That's great. So you're sleeping through the night, everything is good now.
8: First Christmas coming up too, that'll be fun. Um. Oh man, I I tell you what, I'm I'm sleeping more than mom is still which is uh <laughs> which is uh only for during the season. Uh, but yeah, and Christmas is coming up, so you know we're 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 excited for that. You know her first Christmas, so it's it's a good time.
6: Hey Justin, keep having fun. We appreciate the time uh, and uh, go get them in Cincinnati. Thank you, man.
8: Yeah, as always, I, I really appreciate you guys for having me, um, and uh, I'll talk to you guys soon.
1: That's a wrap for today. Join Andy Lindall and me on Friday to preview the Bengals. And bookmark the Broncos audio zone on DenverBroncos.com for more, including a live link to join us on Orange and Blue 760 for all-day Broncos talk. I'm Andrew Mason. Until next time, bye-bye.